We welcome you into another episode of Inside Boxing Live. I am Dan Canobio. He is Chris Algieri. And today on this show, we're going to take a historical look back at one of the biggest fights in boxing history, both at the box office, both with the live gate and the significance, what it meant for the sport and how it's still having ramifications today. I'm talking about Oscar De La Hoya versus Floyd Mayweather went down in May of 2007. It was dubbed as the fight to save boxing. So we'll go through the background, the lead up, where each guy was heading into this fight, the fight, and the aftermath. Chris Algieri, how are you, sir? Where did you watch Mayweather versus De La Hoya in 2007? Where I watched every fight back in those <laughs> days on, on my couch in my my parents' house. And that's where we always watch fight. That's we, we do fight parties all through high school and into college. Anytime there was a big fight on, everybody came over to my place and we watched it. So I've wanted to do this type of show for a long time. Um, this one I picked because I, I had saw something on YouTube about it. And I, I popped it on and I was like, wow, like I couldn't believe a lot of things. I couldn't believe Larry Merchant just straight up did not like Floyd Mayweather. And I was like, my ears were straight, like listening in a lot more. And of course, it's just one of the most significant fights. And it also is a fight that even today, like Floyd and and, and Oscar still are feuding as promoters. Uh, we see Canelo, uh, one of Oscar's fighters, fight Floyd. We've seen Ryan versus Tank, which had both guys in there too. Like their fingerprints are still on the sport of boxing. And this fight happened at such a precarious time in boxing where UFC uh, had already taken over in terms of viewership and, and ratings and, and all that. Uh, but it was an awesome fight. It felt like a real mega fight. You know, May 2nd, 2007, they dubbed it World Awaits. I remember um, it just feeling like a big deal. Because at the time, Oscar had been out of the ring for a while. He had his comeback fight. He was out of the ring for like 20 months. Uh, the top five pound for pound was... Interesting. It wasn't like there wasn't a, a face for the sport um, because Mike Tyson was on his way out. Roy Jones had just lost to, to Tarver. Uh, Bernard Hawkins was upset by Jermaine Taylor. And then, like I said, Oscar hadn't fought in, in 20 months. So the top and he five. He had been knocked out by, by uh, Bernard Hopkins to the right, body. That's exactly. Why he, that's why he wouldn't fight for two months, two, uh, for 20 months. Yeah. Right. And Oscar was on the way out anyway. He was 33, which is insane because he started his career so young and fighting in such big fights. <laughs> that it, The point I'm trying to make is that there was a, it was a, a time for another big name, like the next face of boxing, and that was Floyd Mayweather. Um, but Oscar was the sixth division world champion. He was the, the baby face. He was the marquee attraction even with all those losses even not fighting for for 20 months his first fight back was mayorga and it yeah, did which 1 is an million awesome fight. it did 1 million pay-per-views mayorga had those two big wins over was it uh forest and forest, yeah. yeah and then he goes right into the uh, the oscar fight. that just showed you that oscar in 2006 2007 despite being towards the latter part of his career was still such a mega mega star he's the golden boy i mean i i dude especially Earlier on, when he was like an absolute monster, I mean, he was my favorite fighter in the '90s. You know, this is like you said, this is this is that talent of his career, really, especially being competitive at the top guys. But so, you know, he he went up to that ill-fated campaign at, at middleweight. You know, he had that terrible terrible fight with Felix Sturm that he definitely should have lost. Um, then he fights Bernard Hopkins. He gets stopped with a body shot. They look like they were in, they were five weight classes apart from each other that night. Um, and there was just, you know, there's a lot of l luster was knocked off of De La Hoya at that point. But then he comes back and there's always going to be eyes and he fights Mayorga. And Mayorga had, like you said, a beat Vernon Forrest. 
He lost to Trinidad, but he was in a competitive fight with Trinidad. He, yeah, it's when he took his chin down. He took like two huge left yeah. hooks from Trinidad, just let him hit him like a, like a psychopath. That was awesome. Um, but, but the way De La Hoya beat Mayorga was so impressive. I mean, that last that knockdown that knockdown was so so nasty. It was it was vintage De La Hoya, and so it made everyone think like, oh man, this guy's back. And that led into you know what was going to be the Floyd Mayweather fight. And you know, I, I'm going to take a really hot take here, right? Oh, so go. the name of the name of the name of it was the the fight to, uh, the fight to save boxing, right? Well, the, I mean, the official slogan was the world awaits, but there was a pretty short Sports Illustrated cover that said the fight to save boxing. I'm gonna I'm gonna say it's the fight that ruined boxing. Oh, wow! Because it, it it anointed Floyd Mayweather as as the king, the money man, the guy. Yeah. But then he made this fifty and zero thing, this undefeated record thing. I think is has been has been such a scourge on the world of boxing because you don't need to be undefeated that's not how you get the best fights the best fighters in the world in the 80s had losses they fought each other mm. we've got everyone now trying to protect their o's and that that was developed by floyd floyd was that guy and now he's 50 you know everyone yeah. everyone's goal now is to be this floyd fight started it too for floyd yeah. this yes. fight was the birth of money mayweather that night he went from pretty boy floyd to money Mayweather, he was a villain heading into the fight, but he wasn't a villain on this stage yet. This is also the, a fight, an event that birthed HBO boxing twenty four seven, which now mm -hmm. is a staple of every single big fight when they're on Showtime with all access. Top Rank does their own thing. This was the fight that made Floyd Mayweather, uh, in which now his fights from from that fight on against against Oscar became how can we figure out a way to beat this guy because he had a lot yep. of people going against him. I mean HBO. Pretty damn clear. They did not want to build around uh, uh, Floyd Mayweather. There was even a line. Um, as Oscar was making his way to the ring in this fight, Larry Merchant, you know, he would do his little soliloquies. And he was just like, people love Oscar because he's the gold. He, he won a gold medal. Oscar, and, and Floyd won a bronze. Oscar's handsome. Floyd's okay looking. <laughs> Oscar, he literally <laughs> said that. Oscar fights with a crowd-pleasing style. And Floyd does not. And lastly, Oscar has a fan base of Mexican Americans, and Oscar, and Floyd does not. This is on the walkout to the ring, with the most eyeballs possibly on. It was very clear that HBO did not want to build around a guy like Floyd, but Floyd is the one who took this this fight, pushed for it. He was pushing for it when he was at 130 pounds. So that's where um, Floyd was in the lead up to this fight. He had been a champion for nine years. Uh, 130, 135, 140, 147. Uh, he had already fought uh, Jose Luis Castillo. He beat Corrales. The Castillo fights were controversial. And then he had he got into pay-per-view Floyd. He had three pay-per-view headliners before the Mayweather fight. It was Gotti. Arturo. That was a sad day for me. a savage beatdown. for all. <laughs> sad and, day for me. If you're a Gotti fan, you knew Oof. what was going to happen in that fight. Um, but that was the one that was like really, really well marketed because yeah, that Gotti, was that was his breakout money making fight. Yeah, yeah, that was that that was the biggest money he had made before De La Hoya. Yeah, three hundred forty k pay per views, and it it had it live gate was huge. It was an AC. It did massive business. Zab Judah for three hundred seventy yep. pay per view buys. Bad, even though, bad blood fight. Yeah, bad blood. Obviously that uh, they had that big melee. Roger Mayweather was uh, suspended for a while, um, and then there was the Carlos B Baldemir fight. Which, you know, Baldemir had upset. Who did he upset? He beat Judah. He, he beat Zap. He beat Zap. Yeah, yeah. I was at that fight. It was at, it was at the Little Room in the Garden. Yep, yeah, I was he there. beat Z Judah, but the IBF still recognized Judah as the welterweight champion, so they went ahead with Mayweather-Judah. Uh, but Mayweather had fought three pay-per-view fights before 
he hopped into um, this huge fight. And what's interesting about Mayweather in this fight is this fight was at one contracted at 154. This was for right. De La Hoya's 154-pound title. You know, Mayweather had only fought one legit welterweight uh, before he hopped up to – he only weighed in at 150 um, for this fight. He actually said afterwards that was 148 on, on fight night. He had only fought Zab Judah at welterweight, and, and he went right up – to uh, fight a, a one fifty four pounder, so that was pretty incredible. Well, no, he Floyd. fought he fought uh, Valdemir at forty seven too. Right, so two two fights at Ed welterweight. Even though Judah was a smaller smaller welterweight, but to go from like a one year before that or eighteen months before the Mayweather versus De La Hoya, Mayweather was fighting at one thirty one thirty five. Like that was a big time jump up to to one fifty one fifty four. That's like Geronta Davis like fighting at one fifty four like ne- this year. So I, I think Mayweather trusted his talent so much and trusted that this was his moment at age 29, 30 with all those pay-per-views uh, that we just listed that it's now. Like it's now for me to to that get that torch the torch passed to me. Yeah, no, that like I said, this this is what anointed Floyd Mayweather as the as the next moneymaker star. And it was the crossing uh, of, you know, basically here's the crown, I'm the golden boy, now you're the moneymaker now. And that that's and then and then obviously we've got Canelo now, so it's like we're getting at, at least they're fighting each other, which is cool that we're we're getting to see the crown get passed to a guy you're literally stepping over. Um, but yeah, no, that then, then it became the Floyd Mayweather era after this fight. Once De La Hoya was was in the rear view, um, you know he was never really competitive after that after that fight with anybody big. I mean he fought he fought Stevie Forbes, which was, that was a it. weird and then a weird fight, and then he fought Pacquiao and got completely decimated. So yeah, De La Hoya, this was his last. Last hurrah, hurrah. Mm-hmm. and uh, and he fought well. De La Hoya actually put up a very good fight, a, more, a competitive fight. And in hindsight, because we didn't really know who Floyd was, I mean, insiders knew he was that good. But like you said, moving up and waiting and fighting De La Hoya, and De La Hoya was was reinvigorated. He was beginning back in shape. He was fighting at his weight class. Uh, they were, it's it was a good, it was a really good um, uh, performance from De La Hoya. Because really, ultimately, if we look back at it, it's like, oh yeah. Of course, Floyd is going to win that fight. That, right. that, that style was always going to beat him, um, especially uh, as he was older. But yeah, I mean, it, it was actually a good fight. I mean, controversial too. A lot of, lot of argumentative people about it. Always, always going to be controversial. Is. Well, get to the I, fight. Uh, I was one yeah. of those people. I was I would score it over and over again because I was such a De La Hoya fan. You're <laughs> looking for like rounds. Floyd. Looking for rounds. I mean, the HBO looking broadcast was looking, looking for, for rounds. rounds. Give them. HBO broadcast had it almost even after eight. Uh, we're getting to the f- full fight breakdown. Um, but just some some more background. Um, the fight did a nineteen million dollar live gate. That was a record at the time. It beat out Holyfield Tyson two by almost three million. Um, at the time, it was the most lucrative boxing uh, event ever, bringing in one hundred and thirty million dollars in revenue. Um, it did two point four million pay per view buys, which set a record at the time, uh, which was broken by Mayweather Pacquiao. It was also broken by Mayweather McGregor. So. You take away the Mayweather-McGregor, which was kind of a circus fight, and you take away Mayweather-Pacquiao, which we knew was going to be huge numbers. Those were $4 million, $4 million pay-per-view buys. This was like the third biggest pay-per-view of all time, 2.4 million buys in 2007. So it was a huge success in terms of money, including percentages. De La Hoya earned $58 million for the bout, the highest purse ever for a fighter. Previous high was $35 million held by Mike Dyson in the Holyfield. Mayweather earned $25 million. And um, some other funny storylines. I don't know if funny is the right word, but interesting. Was Floyd Sr. Do you remember this? Floyd Sr. had, had been training De La Hoya for the previous seven yeah. fights. 
And De La Hoya to this day says Floyd Sr. was the best trainer I've had. And De La Hoya had a ton of trainers. But for this fight, Floyd Sr. was conflicted because he was estranged from Floyd. They weren't working together because Floyd was training with Roger. But Floyd Sr. kind of didn't want to be in the corner of Oscar. Like, he didn't want to take it that far where he's literally in the corner trying to figure out a way to beat his son. So I think he over he priced himself out of being the trainer. So De La Hoya went with Freddie Freddy. Roach for the first mm-hmm. time. So that was a key uh, component uh, of this fight. But that was interesting. Seeing uh, Floyd Sr., he was, like, so conflicted. Like, he wanted to say so much, but they, that was a big storyline in this fight was Floyd C- Sr., Kind of like being in the middle of these two. Number one, I respect that for Floyd Senior. It, it, that's your son. I mean, you're, you're you you don't want like you said, you don't want to be across the ring thinking of a game plan to to get your son defeated, especially when his career is going to go on for for so much longer than than your guys. And secondly, I think actually Freddie Roach was a better trainer for that particular fight. If De La Hoya tried to sit in front of Floyd and roll shoulders and counter, no, he, he was going to get smoked. So uh, the aggression that De La Hoya showed in that fight, um, not to say that. You know, he he needs a trainer to tell him how to fight. But I think Freddie Roach's style as a trainer, which is one of being very aggressive, being offensive, throwing a lot of punches, I think was probably a good thing. Yeah. Uh, before we get to more of the lead up, Chris, can you believe we've had seven months without an NFL game? Can you believe that? I can believe that because I don't really watch <laughs> NFL. So. Well, I do. Crazy, right? <laughs> well, good thing that's over. NFL is here and DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving you a can't-miss offer for week Number one, this week, new customers get $200 in bonus bets instantly uh, when you bet just 5 bucks on any NFL game. DraftKings is hooking everyone up with uh, game day greatness. All customers can take advantage of two new offers every single game day this September. Check the app to see what you can get. And now it's time for the longest disclaimer ever. My lungs. Here we go. Download now. Use code IBL to sign up. New customers can take home $200 in bonus bets instantly for betting just 5 bucks. That's code IBL only on DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY at 467-369. If you live in Connecticut, help is available for a problem gambling call 888-789-7777. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resort. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See dkng.co slash football for eligibility terms and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. My lungs feel like Oscar's lungs felt in this fight at age 34. Yeah, after the eighth round, I'm actually watching highlights right now. <laughs> I mean, it was it was a very competitive fight, and then he just ran out of gas. And that that was that was a common theme in De La Hoya in the in the later part of his career was his gas tank. He just wasn't able to sustain the action like he did when he was younger. But that happens to a lot of fighters. So yeah, that 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 fight was very competitive for the first eight rounds, and then Floyd just ran away with it as he as he tended to do at late in fights. Well, that's what Floyd's game plan was. At the eighth yeah. or seventh or eighth round, he looks to Ellerby and says he's going to get tired, and yep. he did. Um, but just a little more on the lead up because this fight was so significant uh, for where it was happening, what time it was happening. 2006, like we said, boxing was looking for a new face, right, Chris? They were looking yep. for um, that next face. There's got to be one face. Right now we're in the Canelo the money era. train. It's got yeah. to. You got to have the Golden Boy, the Money Train, the the, the, the face of boxing. However, however, however you want to call the moniker, um, this was that 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 changing of the guard type fight. Right. And Oscar was 34. 
like I said, Jones done or not done, but knocked out. Hopkins knocked out. Uh, Tyson way towards the end. Mayweather was sitting around five pound for pound uh, when all those guys lost. So after he beat Judah, he became unified welterweight and he moved up to number two. Um, and there was still like some some questions about Floyd. Uh, how how far can he go? There were questions, uh, unfortunately, about can his fan base, you know, the urban fan base, can they be uh, support a money making type of fighter? Because with, with Oscar, it's the Mexican fan base, which is huge into boxing. Obviously, the answer to that was yes, <laughs> astoundingly yes. Uh, Floyd had so many fans, and he also had a lot of people that tuned in to, to watch him lose, which became lose, such right. a big point of his marketing campaign and brilliantly done. And that was done with uh, HBO and, and, and 24 seven, but a big part of this lead up and a big part of boxing in 2006, 2007 was the UFC. The UFC was had their best year in 2006. They had $200 million in revenue that year. Uh, they were killing it. Um, they were getting pay-per-views that were doing 400,000 buys, 500,000 buys. Boxing was not doing anywhere close to that. And it topped out uh, the end of 2006, Chuck Liddell, Tito Ortiz did nearly 1 million pay-per-views to end the year. And I think that's when everyone in boxing, whether it was Aram, whether it was Oscar, whether it was people at HBO, Showtime to a lesser degree because they didn't have the roster that HBO did. They were like, oh, shit. We need to do something fast or we're going to get left in the dust. And they had to come up with, with this fight. But this was a big part of the lead up. And they even talked about it on the fight at the end of the fight. Like Lampley was went on this whole rant about how no matter what happens in mixed martial arts, you will never see what we just saw in that ring, that hand-to-hand combat between Floyd and Oscar. And then they go to the desk and a young Max Kellerman was like, I disagree with you, Jim. UFC has plenty of great athletes, and, and they can hold their own in, inside the cage. So you saw Max having that foresight to understand what the UFC was becoming and how much of a giant it was going to be. There was this old guard of boxing, which was represented by Lampley, that were like, hold on a second. Cage fights? No, not yet. Not yet. We're, boxing can still be great. So that was a big part of this. And yeah, I know boxing can still be great. It is great. And it's, it's, I don't think boxing is... Uh, I, I, I don't think it's getting knocked out by by ufc a lot of people say that i'm like that's not boxing will never die we say that all the time um it's funny you mentioned that that tito ortiz chuck liddell fight that's still like one of the major highlights that they show all the time tito, of, of chuck just yeah. unloading on tito along the road along the cage and and putting him down but yeah no no it was definitely listen boxing needed a little fire under its ass so to speak and having like ufc burning behind them and you know and making all this money and, and then this kind of fight where we we always tend to do that boxing is always like oh it seems like it's down and out and then there's the redemption of oh no we, we still put on a big like this fight year and everyone, everyone tunes in yeah this year we're having we're having a spectacular year even though our heavyweights are not fighting right but uh but yeah no i mean box, like we say it all the time boxing will never die the money is still always going to be there but this is one of those fights this is this is this is and and the good thing is it was a good fight too i i, I mean i enjoyed the fight you watched it again i liked recently. it yeah I, I thought, it's, I thought it, was a, it was a good fight. It was a competitive fight. Um, De La Hoya showed some some brilliance, and, and Floyd showed how good he he could be and, and was. And then he ran on a tear after this fight. But yeah, yeah no, I mean this is um, this is one of those fights, and this is exactly why we're covering it the way we are because this is a a standout epic classic um, in in a number of ways. So let's talk yeah. about twenty four seven. Let's talk about twenty four seven. This was the first time they used it. I, you know, my dad obviously started CompuBox and HBO was our big 
client, and we were very close to everyone at HBO. They would come over to our backyard, play wiffle ball. I knew them very closely, and I remember them saying, we're rolling out a new format, a new reality type of show um, called 24-7. And I remember thinking at the time, this is unbelievable. It was unprecedented at the time. It was almost like a real time. They were shooting it on a th- – you would know. We're going to get to you actually start in a 24-7. They would – almost film it in real time. And it was getting turned around. It was getting put on HBO. It was getting put on after Entourage and before Sopranos. Like, unbelievable type of coverage for fights that obviously worked because it did 2.4 million buys. And it really was the strong marketing arm of HBO. And obviously, you needed Oscar. You needed Floyd. Floyd pushed it. That entire four-episode thing was about, was the Floyd Mayweather show. He had 50 Cent, and you just got to see a side of him that you didn't know. We kind of knew a lot about Oscar heading into that, but, man, 24-7 was such a game-changer. Absolutely brilliant. Um, I work with George Jakovic now. We've got two Emmys from, work, Emmys from working yeah. on on uh 24 7 and yeah no I, I was i was on 24 7 they they came to my home they 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 filmed all day it was it was like literally it was 24 7 every moment it was every <laughs> moment of the day 24 7 is not just the name They're of it like, and exactly here is chris algeri sleeping yeah basically basically getting out of bed going for a run everything jumping in the pool making food seeing my family um, it was a great experience and the, the production was, was phenomenal. And then seeing it live after or seeing it after like you said, the turnaround was crazy how fast they went from collecting all of it. And they had tr- so much footage and then just like titrating that down and right. editing it so quickly. And the turnaround was, was unbelievable. Yeah. Why, it, it, why one of those Emmys is one of the best, best, uh, sports documentary shows ever, ever created. And now it's a part of every network. Um, all access has taken the torch and they do a wonderful job now at Showtime. Obviously HBO doesn't, uh, boxing doesn't exist anymore. Um, top rank does their own thing. I'm pretty sure Matchroom does their own thing. Uh, it was very, very, uh, state of the art and, um, it, it's missed because I, I watched a few of the, those ending montages, if you go on YouTube right now, they have the ending montage to Hatton Mayweather. Yeah. I'm getting chills just thinking about oh, that. Leah Schreiber narrating it. Uh, Dude, unbelievable. Voice, man. That's, that's ingrained in my mind. Right. And you're a boxing fan. And it's funny because I was watching Hard Knocks. Um, still uses him as a narrator for the Jets this year. And he showed up at a practice for the Jets. It's the first time Leah Schreiber ever had ever went to a practice in the history of Hard Knocks, which has been on since 2001. And it made me so upset that none of the young players on the Jets knew who he was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're aging aging out, man. We're getting old. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers was like, guys, this is the voice of God. Like, this is the voice yeah. from 24-7. Like, this is, like, the best. And like, you had, like, a one of the Sauce Gardner, the cornerback, was like, oh, cool. And just kept cool. going. Cool, I mean, bro. <laughs> Fist bump. Yeah. Cool, bro. Oh, that's cool, man. <laughs> you, you, you do a little acting. You do a little voiceover work. The guy was like the voice of our childhoods as, as boxing fans. Um, yeah, 24-7 was sick. That just helped elevate this fight so much and, and what made it such a success. And it, it, it brought you into the living rooms of, of fighters. Another big thing to lead up to this before we get to the, the, the fight was how Bob Arum and Top Rank were not part of this fight. Uh, Oscar had worked his way out of top rank a few years earlier and he started um, Golden Boy. And he started with Bernard Hopkins and Shane Mosley was involved. It was unprecedented at the time as well because Oscar was a fighter and he was also a promoter at the same time. That had never happened before. And uh, his whole thing was, I'm going to get rid of these terrible contracts. I'm going to give you guys more money. I'm a fighter. Um, so I know what's best. No longer will you have to worry about Don King. No longer will you have to worry about Bob Arum. But that was the case with Floyd. 
Floyd was signed with Top Rank in the early part of his career too, and Floyd wanted to fight. Um, he wanted to fight Cotto. You know, he wanted to fight Ricky Hatton. Uh, he wanted twenty million guaranteed to fight Oscar, and Aaron was like, "No, like uh, I'm not gonna do a deal with Oscar, who just left my company famously." So that's not going to happen. So Top Rank and Floyd work out a contract buyout for 750k, which is I can't believe that is such a low number. So crazy. I think Top Rank just let him go. I think they were just like whatever, like you can go yeah. because they could have like dug in. 750k? That's all you got back for the rights to Floyd Mayweather? That's I, that that sounds like a lot of money, right? Like you're like oh, 750k, like whatever, like what a brilliant move from Floyd brilliant move i mean that guy the moves that he made outside the business that he did the contracts that he he worked through and constructed i mean or well, his team but like yeah. man what the, the 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 foresight that they had 750 750 for a fighter at that time that's a lot but in hindsight that's pennies, pennies. literally pennies on what this guy was able to do and how much money that you know top rank lost by 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 letting him go for such that pittance, basically, um, but not that top rank cares or Bob cares, but still, it's. I remember, I remember reading that because I was going through some some contractual problems myself, and I was like, man, seven fifty. Because I, I I had people asking for a million dollars for my contract buyouts. I'm like, Floyd got out for less than a million. You want me to buy? You want me to spend a million? Yeah. So yeah, that's that. It's so it's so funny that that's that's the number. Yeah, and this was the the time where you started to hear Al Heyman's name more. Um, he was a big part of Floyd's career. He's actually uh, ringside. You can see him. He's front and center ringside. I just posted on Twitter. People are probably wondering, why are you posting a picture of Al Heyman from a fight almost 15 years ago? Because he was front and center. He used to be front and center a lot of Floyd's fights. Um, his first client was Vernon Forrest. Uh, he was at a lot more fights, uh, Al Heyman, back then when he was simply just an advisor and not you know, the kind of mastermind of, of PBC. But, yeah, Floyd had some great, <clears throat> a great team behind him and great foresight um, this fight was the one that was going to launch him. I wonder if he even knew how much it would launch him and, and he would go on for another 15 years uh, of dominating. But <clears throat> that's the lead up. Aram not involved in a massive fight for the first time in, in years was an interesting little side bit uh, if, if you're into the business side. Uh, in terms of where each guy was heading in, like we talked about De La Hoya. He was 34, Chris. He had already won six division, uh, six division world champion. He had already headlined 17 pay-per-views. And he was already an Olympic gold uh, medalist, so obviously. He, that's how he started. And a crossover star. Crossover star. Massive money on money, money on money. Hard to even properly gauge how big of a star he was. If you hadn't watched the doc that's out right now on, on Oscar, go watch it to understand just how big he was. Uh, Chavez Sr., Trinidad, Mosley, Hopkins, Vargas, Mayorga. Huge fights. And now he's like, all right, I got one more, two more in me. So I'll fight Floyd, and then I'll eventually uh, fight P Pacquiao. So that's where Oscar was heading into this fight. Mayweather, we just talked about, he was regarded as like a top five pound for pound guy, smaller fighter, um, didn't exactly have a great fan-friendly style. Like Pretty Boy Floyd at 130, 135 was a lot more aggressive than when we saw at 147 when he was regularly fighting bigger guys when his hands started to break down. Um, but he still was exciting at 135, 140. Um, and he heads into this fight with those pay-per-views, with the Gotti, Judah, and the Baldemir, and on the cusp, like right on the cusp of being like a superstar and needed that one guy uh, in, in Oscar to kind of put him over. It has like WWE vibes to it, right? They see this in the storybook WWE thing where you're the one guy who's like just about to be a star, he needs that like superstar 
to put him over, to lose the fight or lose the match. And that was De La Hoya in this case, even though Oscar did try to win. Let's get to the fight, Chris. This is why we have you here. Big one. I scored it last night. I watched it again. I don't like scoring fights when I know the winner already. But I had it eight rounds to four. I couldn't even meet it even wider for Floyd. He was so precise, man. He landed like 45% of his power shots. This was also the birth of Floyd just picking people apart, throwing 35 to 40 punches around, being so precise, punches that the broadcasters weren't seeing, punches that CompuBox was seeing because he was getting credited with almost 45% of his, his landed punches. Just surgical, man. He was unbelievable that night. And it wasn't even his best performance, I don't think. I just think he was just that much better than Oscar that night. How did you have it scored? In your many different scores. Five. I had it 7-5, very, very biased for, for De La Hoya. <laughs> so you had, no, you did not have it 7-5 for Oscar. No, no, 7-5 for Floyd. But oh. I was very biased because okay. I gave I gave Oscar more rounds. No, gotcha. uh, so I, I remember, I, I, I haven't, I haven't, being honest, I haven't watched it recently. Um, but I do remember watching it quite a bit, oh, uh, uh, you know, over and over again after trying to score and trying to figure out a way that De La Hoya would win. And he, he just did And then that was, that was like, I knew, you know, Floyd definitely won the fight. But if you watch it, I mean, Floyd, what like you said, surgical technician, absolutely wonderful in terms of his, his counterpunching ability. Um, but the game plan, the strategy, that was the thing that always stuck out to me about Floyd is he had a game plan strategy and he set things up. You, you mentioned the Diego Corrales fight. His father yelling, he's going to be ready to go this round, that round, this yeah. round is exactly what happened because they're setting things up. And in that fight, that was that, that was that beautiful stab jab to the belly button that Chico had no defense for and just getting stick stuck stuck and that that chain that turned into the left hook which actually got him out of there so similar in the de la hoya fight they had a strategy and it was first of all stay off the ropes because that's where de la hoya did his best work and trying to counter from there but also hit him in the body whenever yeah. you get the chance if you watch the body punches in that fight they're brutal first four it's rounds good. yeah floyd was landing that jab to the body and he was going to the body a lot a lot with both hands, and 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 as the fight wore on, he's very very sneaky with body punching. Floyd was an excellent excellent body puncher. I don't think he gets a lot of credit for that because everyone thinks of him as a jab defense guy. Body punching was phenomenal, and he did it really well in that fight. And he knew that De La Hoya was going to tire out because De La Hoya tired out, and, and at the end of his career, De La Hoya fought very stiff. He fought very aggressive. He knew he had to be on his on his front foot all night long, and he was expending a tremendous amount of energy while Floyd was being he was chill. This was Oscar. Oscar was so hunched, so so hunched, yeah. so flexed, so stiff, so 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 bound, so tight. And Floyd was just super smooth and slick and rolling. Yeah. Boom! He got hit with some big shots, though. Right hands over the top. Um, De La Hoya fought a great fight. The jabs right to the nose of Floyd bloody his nose in that fight too. Um, uh, you know, Oscar has a hard hard jab. Most guys say his jabs like a right hand, and he landed some really good sharp jabs in that fight. But I mean, Floyd's precision, his defense, his countering off the ropes. I remember the roll and right hand, bang. Just, it wasn't even a hard shot. De La Hoya was, again, so heavy on the front foot. He was running into those shots. He got rocked one time, actually, with a right hand to the chin. Um, that made him take a stutter step in those later rounds. But, yeah, the, the, I mean, just Floyd, that was when we were like, who is this guy? That yeah. was the birth of what Floyd Mayweather, Mayweather was in those biggest those biggest fights, those biggest opportunities against the bigger man. That was just, yeah, that was him fighting the bigger man and, and, and having the game plan to do it. Right, and he did that. For the majority of his career, fighting bigger yep. guys. Um, Tom Kazmarek scored scored the fight one fifteen one thirteen for De La Hoya. Um, don't know what he was seeing. Floyd looked around like this. Yeah, uh, that was that classic uh, big fight, one bad scorecard. Chuck Giampa had it one sixteen one twelve. That's probably in line what I saw. Maybe even a little wider. Jerry Roth had it pretty close one fifteen one thirteen uh, for Mayweather. Mayweather landed over forty percent of his power shots. Um, he landed more punches. 
Oscar threw more punches. Oscar in this fight claimed that he had the blueprint, and he and he said it even in in, in the loss. He said, "I have the blueprint. That's how you could possibly beat Floyd." He was throwing those like in round four. It was that flurry of body shots. Right, he was like basically just it almost looked like a um, like a Rocky movie. He was hitting Floyd, but Floyd wasn't. None of them hurt him. Um, none of the of Oscar's punches had a lot of uh, zip on them. He had a few, like you said, but they were like few and far between. I yep. just thought Floyd was on on another level um, that that particular night. Uh, through eight rounds is interesting when you saw the HBO bias kind of come out. Um, I was surprised. Even Manny Stewart was like, "This cl- fight is close. It's up for grabs in the eighth it was. round." It I, was. You after eight, two, it was close. I had it six two after eight. But once again, no. I don't like scoring fights when I know who won. It's like if you know who won, you're you're kind of like snowballing some rounds. Like you're yeah. looking at it as if like, oh wow. And especially if you're rescoring it almost 15 years later, and you know how good Floyd uh, is, and and you know some of the the what we talked about before, like people were not aware about how precise he was, and also like the broadcast brought up a good point. Like they they thought, well, Larry thought, can you win a fight throwing 35 punches around, which Floyd was doing? Yes. There were a lot of rounds where Floyd was like 21 of 37 total punches, and Oscar was 14 of 70. So that was a big discussion. Like Larry, right down to the bitter end, could not just give Floyd credit, could not, was not ready to say that Floyd can be a star in the sport by fighting the way that he fought. In his mind, and that's fine at the time, his mind, Larry's mind, and maybe some at HBO were like, you have the way to be a star in the sport is you have to fight like Oscar did. You have to fight everyone and you have to come forward and you have to be a brawler. But this fight proved that, like, you know, you don't. Like, if you have a charismatic um, personality, if you can figure out a way to reach the masses like Floyd did, and you can find enough people that understand the sweet science, like, yeah, you can have a 10-year run by throwing 35 punches around being a defensive wizard. Well, Floyd flipped the script. He, You know, he he, he turned all those he- old heads upside down in, in terms of, you know, what what they thought was the the, the formula for, for making a star. Um, you know, I don't know if there will be another Floyd ever again. I mean, he did it his own way and he did it masterfully. And, uh, yeah, it's not traditionally the, the, the style that, that becomes the, 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 the money train, the, the face of boxing, but Floyd did it, man. And he, uh, and he did it well for a long time. Now the end of the fight, the fight ends. Um, there's a big rally in the 12th round. Uh, De La Hoya throws a fight high, like almost a hundred punches. I'll give credit to De La Hoya. He said afterwards he kind of took the loss fine. Like he was, it was his fifth loss. He was kind of just kind of came in as a two to one underdog, thirty four years old. It was kind of like a moral victory uh, for him. But I will say that without him putting the pressure on on Floyd, he put maybe the one of the better fights against Floyd. If you think about it, maybe Cotto yes. and Madonna. Um, but Oscar put up a really good fight. I mean, he he said it himself. Without me putting the pressure, I there wouldn't have been much of a fight. It wouldn't have been any excitement. I kind of agree with that. Uh, he had moments, but ultimately, uh, Floyd got his hand raised. But they bring in Floyd Senior, and hilarious interview. Merchant just pressing Floyd Senior. Who do you think won the fight? And Floyd go, Senior goes, "Well, if you go by the scoring, scoring points, he goes Oscar. He threw more punches." And Larry goes, well, they don't score fights like that. So who won the fight? And then Floyd Sr. kind of stumbles, and he's like, if you go by the the scoring, Oscar won. If you go by landed punches, my son won. And then Larry goes, all right, I'll ask you again. Oscar or Floyd, who won? And then he forces him into saying that Oscar Delahoy won the fight. 
His dad. <laughs> Picked against him. There are a lot of parts about Larry Merchant that are, like, you could pick apart 20, 15, 20 years later. He did so much good for the sport. But, man, like, his style of broadcasting is, is not around anymore. If a fight no. sucked, he was just like, this fight sucks. Mm -hmm. If... He didn't like a certain style. He was not afraid to be like, Floyd Mayweather's style is boring, and he's not going to be a star. I mean, he was proven wrong, but yeah, I do kind of miss a little bit of Larry Merchant, but also like listening back and watching this fight, I'm like, oh, I cringed a few times. Yeah, no, I, I had a big problem with him when, when I was coming up. I, mean, I think being a fighter, I think most fighters did, just because the way he spoke to spoke to, to certain fighters. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, that, that was Floyd just trying to make sure that he, that his meal ticket was still available. He can still make that that De La Hoya money if he wanted to go back for training. Because <laughs> this, yeah, because he, he felt that way too. Well, if that's where you score it, what like the amateurs? No, he lost the fight. Yeah, so round, and then they go back to Jim Lamp, and he goes, as you can see, Floyd Senior still painfully conflicted uh, between the two fighters even after the fight is over. It was it was a hilarious moment. Only a mo type of moments you can only get uh, in boxing and, and live uh, TV. Um, the aftermath now, Chris. Uh, we're now so far removed from this fight. Uh, happened in 2007. But these two names, Floyd and Oscar, are still so much a part of boxing. Like, both guys haven't fought in a meaningful fight in almost a decade. Um, for Oscar, for Floyd, it's his last fight was Conor McGregor. But before that, Birdo, 2015, we're closing in on almost eight years since Floyd's Last meaningful fight for Oscar, it was 2009, but they're still a big part of the sport, uh, whether it's exhibitions or it's there now as promoters. You know, Oscar's got Golden Boy. He got it back uh, for a while. He was promoting Floyd. That's not Floyd, his next 10 fights, Floyd fought under the Golden Boy banner. Before Golden Boy went haywire, when Floyd, uh, when Oscar had his problems with drugs and alcohol, when Richard Schaefer he popped in and took all of it, all the fighters, and it, it got ugly for a while. But as of today, you know, there's Ryan Garcia with Golden Boy, uh, Canelo with Golden Boy for a while. Floyd's got his whole side with PBC in Gervonta. These guys are just like pillars of boxing. And I think they're they're going to be that for the next 15, 20, 30 years, as long as they want to stay in the sport. Well, De La Hoya is a brilliant at, uh, if you can't beat him, join him. You know, he, he brought on shane and bernard yep and floyd and he makes money with all of them you know de la hoya is the golden boy man the guy knows how to make money and he's he's he'll i mean he doesn't really put his ego aside because he still fights with, he's still fighting with floyd he's ryan ryan garcia posted a picture with floyd he said oh you're with the guy i beat <laughs> you know like that little dig that he, that he can't still, let it go the fighter in him still will never to go this away. day man still to the this fighter day in him will never go away but also the the golden boy will never go away and he will always make money he will always be a part of the sport um, you know, like you said, these guys are these guys are staples. These are these are gods of 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 the boxing world. Yeah, awesome night where they came together, uh, like ships passing in the night. Uh, Oscar on his way out, Floyd on on his way up. There was a rematch clause um, that stated that Floyd had to take the fight if um, if he lost. Um, he did not lose. Obviously, Floyd um, flirted with retirement. Obviously, did not retire. Um, he said after the fight, "I'm done." So there was like a, a contract language where Floyd got out of the rematch. They never fought again. I mean, probably could have easily fought again and, and brought in similar yep. numbers um, money-wise. Instead, Floyd fought Ricky Hatton. And talk about an unbelievable build-up. Talk about an unbelievable 24-7. That fight brought in $25 million, um, for Mayweather. Uh, did crazy numbers. I think they did just under a million pay-per-views. Hatton was like 
pretty much unknown. He only had two or three fights in, in the U.S., but you remember that 24-7. You remember the crazy Hatton fans, and you remember Floyd planting him uh, into the turnbuckle. Uh, Basically so, decapitating him. Yeah. Uh, but for May, think of that year for Mayweather, who was guaranteed from Aram $7 million to fight Hatton or $10 million to fight De La Hoya. So uh, Floyd says no to, 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 to top rank, buys out his contract for seven fifty, and what does he do in one year? He fights De La Hoya where he makes like $30 million, and he fights Hatton where he makes $25 million. So like a $55, $60 million a year for Floyd at age 29. Insane. No wonder. No wonder we flirted with uh, with retirement so much. Yeah, got all this money coming in, undefeated. After a oh, fight, yeah. let me ask you. After a fight, like, do you think like right after when these guys are interviewed? And I think it's unfair. A lot of times, guys they do they do bring up retirement. Is it because you just put through so much that you can't possibly think about doing this whole process over? Training camp sucks. Training camp is horrible. Like you're 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 away from every everything nice in your life. All the the niceties are gone. You're you're stripping yourself down in terms of you know what you're doing to your body. You're 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 super lean. You're hungry. You're mean. Your testosterone's through the roof. Everything. It's just like everything physiologically, mentally, emotionally is 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 charged. Then it's it's after a fight. Your nerve endings are basically open to the air. You're just you're so reactive to everything and anything. Talking to guys after fights is is a, a, a not a great idea. You get you're getting the most raw human you could ever get. So yeah, that's why guys say the things that they say after fights, and sometimes they get themselves in trouble, and sometimes they say things they don't they don't mean. But yeah, training camp sucks. After a fight, the last thing you want to think about is is the next fight. You want to go and rest and I'll go ice your face and, and hands and, <laughs> and just do anything and, besides anything. Do boxing. anything but but think about you know punching something or getting punched, yeah, uh, or going for a run or doing anything like that. But yeah. um, De La Hoya would go on to fight Forbes and then cash out with Pacquiao. Um, took a beating in that one he was done that was it he didn't he, he didn't have any comebacks after that he was out of the sport at age 35 mayweather went on um to fight Hatton, like we said made huge money in 2007 then he didn't fight at all in 2008 that was his pseudo retirement he came back and he fought marquez and that did a million pay-per-views mosley did 1.4 uh or, ortiz 1.2 Cotto 1.5 uh then he moved over to showtime and fought robert guerrero one million pay-per-view buys. Mayweather versus uh, Canelo, 2.2. Um, Maidana, Pacquiao did 4.6 million. Birdo did 400,000. Uh, McGregor did 4.3 million buys. And then he has now gone into the exhibition route and all that nonsense. But this is the fight. This is the fight that launched Mayweather uh, to superstardom, as I just illustrated with all those million-dollar uh, purses and, and million-dollar pay-per-view buys. He'll be remembered for a long time, this fight, Chris. What do you think? Yeah, which is why we're here talking about it. It's going to live even longer now that we're now, now that we're covering it. It's really going to be it's really going to be this, uh, living for a long time. I hope yeah, you and no, yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed this format. It's something we've wanted to do for a long time. Um, I think people will enjoy it. There's so many more fights out there for us to take a look back on. Like I feel like we'll refine this format. Um, we'll make some awards. And we'll also open it up to the to the fans and the viewers. Like, which fight would you like us to historically look back on? Maybe add a third uh, voice for like a panel discussion. What are, you th what are your thoughts on these? Taking you, we're taking you behind the curtain here. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I listen. I could talk boxing all day long, and the old stuff like this. This, this, I'm, I'm nostalgic as all hell. And uh, I know, I know your nickname over there is Old Man Dan, but uh, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling, I'm feeling old. I'm older than you. 
So I'm feeling I'm feeling old when we start talking about these old classic. Fifteen years ago was De La Hoya Mayweather. That's yeah, crazy. Man. The world. I remember that. I had a huge party. My uh, my dad was there. I had a huge party with all my uh, all my buddies in the basement of my house mm-hmm. out out on Long Island. It was one of those fights where like it felt like the world stopped, and I felt like every sport fan or sports fan tuned in. The, the I was looking at the celebrity row. It was like Leonardo DiCaprio, Spider Man, um, Magic, Jack Nicholson. Any, everyone, everyone, like uh, all the athletes at the time. So this is a big one, and we plan to do a lot more of them. Hope you enjoyed it. As always, protect yourselves at all times. Keep your hands up at all times. Stay out of those DMs unless you send us a fight that you want us to break down.